Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome. New episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Me, Jason. I, uh, my computer works today. Yes, you can see my face, and I'm not a, I'm not a ghost of, um, I probably guess would the be machine. a Christmas present because I'm the fat ghost with the beard. Um, what? Why you always got to lay into yourself about the fat thing, man? You look great. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it today. I think I, I we talked a little earlier. I yes, feeling it today. I'm feeling all the, mm, I'm feeling mm. the earth today, like all the weight. Like I, I fell asleep on my arm. Last night, and I woke up, and it was like buzzing, like I couldn't feel it anymore. It was like it was dead. Like, did you? Uh, did you? Did you? No, I did. You not. know, so it was like a stranger. stranger? No, I did not. No, I'm not stranger out of it. Dead arm stranger. No, because my whole arm, it was like up to my shoulder to the point. Where I it was just like, named that. It's called the dead arm stranger. <laughs> it's all so done. It is. No. Look it up now. It'll be on Pornhub already. No, uh, <laughs> it's already there. <laughs> Oh yeah, the second you mention something in porn, it, it shows it, it up. Already exists. It, it just yeah. materializes itself. No, yes. I just it's but it's that kind of thing. So I'm feeling a little bit, but I but I got my computer fixed, and that makes me happy. Yeah, it looks lovely. And uh, and uh, um, my, my my daughter is staying at a at one of our pod like our one of our pod family friends' house tonight. So I got the house. To so I'm gonna do. This I'm gonna take nice. a bath. I'm gonna. I might use wow. a. I might use one of my my wife's been making bath bombs with CBD oil in them. How come I don't have one? Oh, uh, well, we'll all bring some stuff. Steph, Steph, Steph. Um, I, I don't know why I don't have a a, a special ba- uh, a bath bomb with CBD in it. And no, my what? kid needs one for his back. I mean, what's going on? And Nancy, good afternoon. Good Nancy's afternoon. Yeah. Good to see you. Um, but uh, yeah, yes, so, but, but yeah, I'm going to take a little bath. I'm going to clean this beard and I'm going to shave. And then tomorrow I'm going to get back into the working outs um, because, you know, it's, it's just feeling it's a little bit. Yeah. And I got a surprise for you. I got a, I got a surprise for you. I don't want to say it's a, um, a green screen bodysuit, but I got two of them. Oh and my I'm, God. Really? Yes. Yes. Also, we'll, we'll deal with those later, but I got some cool. I got <laughs> that must be dealt with, but we have to get into our guests because, because our yeah. guest has a hard out, right? Cause we have plenty of stuff to talk about once she leaves, but mm-hmm. I don't want to waste any time talking about anything yeah. else, but her new show on stars, which is my new favorite show this thing is i mean it's deep it's like it's the wire right. it is yeah, it's, it's definitely it is it is intense and it was definitely like okay i was i went from like uh new girl was the last thing i binged to this and i'm like well, it's a little bit of a change and i and i loved it and i love I, I i loved it too and you know what else is great about this which you know uh, i'm hoping it's going to stay more of you know uh, what happens but this is an original show. This is not based on an IP. This is not based on a graphic novel or a comic book or a comic book of a graphic novel or vice versa. This came out of this writer's head. You know, and by the way, if you look at her past, you know, going from Gotham and whatnot to, to write this, I can't wait to find out how this thing burgeoned. Right on. All right. So, uh, so should we just get into it? A writer, okay, executive producer of High Town. Do it, Jason. Rebecca Cutter. Yeah. Rebecca Cutter. Hi. Hi. I got got claps. I got claps for you. Yeah, I love it. I know, but you know me. I like the old school. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. First of all, congratulations on this amazing thing you've created from your brain to the paper to our (laughs) brains. Yeah, to our brains. (laughs) So, oh, you're welcome. I I, I love this thing. And I want to kind of do, you know, we have you for a limited time. So I want to do as deep a dive as I can with you. But I first want to start out a little with your you know, your background. Where are you from? I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. The picture's getting a little more clear as we're going to break this, right? Okay. Yeah. And your family all still in Cambridge? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, and sort of, yeah. Right. Uh, more or less. You have a lot of My roots. mom is there. And P-Town. How does P-Town come into your life? And how do you know about R12 forms and what, you know, stadies are filling out on things? So how does this go from someone who worked? And let me tell you something. This is an incredible climb. You started in, what, 2004 on The Mentalist as assistant to an EP? You go to writing the show? 2010. 
Okay, eight, right? So from then till now, you go from that to Gotham to to this, really, which is yeah. an incredible climb. And now you have your own show, and it's not based yeah. on anything. So please, yeah, tell me how you got to this. Okay, so the P-Town thing, my parents randomly started going there in the 70s, so I've been going there my whole life. Straight couple from Cambridge just were like, oh, this seems like a cool place. Let's go. And yeah, then we went New to York. the same hotel every... Fire Island for us. Same thing, okay. Fire Island. Every summer yeah. we went. Straight people just loved it. Go yeah. on. And uh, so always went there and then um, ended up marrying a man from Brewster, which is another town in the Cape. And his father was a fishery service agent. So that was kind of all the background of it. Um, oh, OK. Because I then, that was yeah. super interesting to me how you find out because this yeah. seems very interbureau, the way you've set yeah. this web up. Um, and that is a very unique little little hole of a, yes. of a law and enforcement agency. Like technical advisor for the show for that part of it. He's doing um, an incredible then, job. I have to say, uh, your yeah. father, I was going to ask you about that, like how you know about these R4, like how do you know about, okay. Well, no, some of the stuff I make up, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, well, we it's have- It's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, he taught me about the fishery service side. And then mm -hmm. when I was researching, so I'd already so I wrote the pilot just on my own, just completely on my own, made it up. And then after I had a draft, I was like, okay, let me try and make this actually real. So then I started- I mean, I was already Googling. I knew about the heroin problem on Cape Cod kind of through having family there. And right. um, and it was coming into the national consciousness everywhere at the same time. But I was hearing about it sort of specifically on the Cape. And so then I started Googling drug arrests and, you know, seeing who those people were. And then I started, I saw the lieutenant of the Cape Cod drug task force. I saw like a video of him and I cold huh. called him and he called me back. Isn't and that the best? Like, I'll talk to you for three hours about my job. And then he was like, you have to meet my two troopers. They're amazing. And then I ended up doing a ride along. And then they ended up also becoming the tech advisors, tech advisors for the show. Yeah. And they're like two great people, Mark and Diana, two good friends and gave us a lot of good juice about what it's like on the Cape. And then the rest is from yeah. my brain. Well, it bleeds realism. So, uh, and James Badgedale. So, I want to start there. How, how do you? Is he one of the first people cast? Do you cast him, yeah. or is he an offer? Do you audition? What goes on with him? He did not audition. So Monica was cast already. Okay. Um, and then did, we were looking. I was going to get to that. For I think she, yeah, she was cast first, and then yeah, and then somebody we were we had talked about who we want, and then I, I I don't even remember how it came up, but it was somebody said like James Badgedale wants it, like actively oh. wants it and i don't i don't even know the behind the scenes process of how we got it That's i don't really remember but Who or maybe i never knew it but um <laughs> they're like let's have a meeting so i met with him at jerry bruckheimer's house which was very exciting oh that is exciting and, um, wait, let's go to wait, wait, wait. How, how's jerry's house what's that is that is that is nice. it huge pretty is it huge sweet. yeah it's at least twenty five thousand square feet right? well i only saw the downstairs i only saw I like know. one room of the downstairs yeah, so listen, i don't know. i've been to those houses <laughs> You're yeah. lucky to get a room or two in while you're yeah, there. Exactly. You get relegated. But nice spread. There was a lady that put out a whole breakfast spread. That was nice. Um, and you guys I didn't sit eat and talk. anything. I'm not an no. animal, but, you know. <laughs> Like, right, you know what I mean? I'll have a cup of coffee. That's, That's hysterical. You're not an yeah. animal. Me, like, eating a sandwich. Come on, trying to, like, woo James Bradley. I would have dove right in. I was like, oh, what are these, finger sandwiches? Please can <laughs> Smoke so sandwich? Yeah. Got a cigar over here? What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. So you and James are sitting, and you're but you talk yeah. about the character. And you talk about the character, and he, but he loved it. And he, um, you know, he wanted to know, kind of, is he an asshole? Is he an okay guy? And, and what I always say, this is, and this is sort of thing I feel about life, like nothing's or, everything is and. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we live in Greg. Yes, he's an asshole, but he thinks he's doing the right thing. And does he love Renee or is he using her? Yes, both. <laughs> you know, like everything yeah. can be both with Ray. And I think he really nailed that in the character. Cause I think just from like reading the commentary, people, love him and hate him, you know, I, I, yes. and they see, they feel sorry for him and they think he's an asshole, you know, you, everything. So well, that I think was kind he's of the conversation. Nailing it. I mean, it, it, Dan, and thank you so much for your uh, authenticity with the accents, because I'm a freak about accents. If you're going to set something wow. somewhere. No, you guys really yeah. have been. We tried. You know, yeah. You did a great job. You don't um, always get everything you want in that regard. But. 
I think I'm in P-Town. So that's really, you know, I mean, so, okay, but you get into something which is also very interesting. And I want to talk uh, about the casting of the lead girl, but I also want to ask you, uh, the fentanyl. I mean, this is something that we have not seen talked about. I mean, opening up on, in the pilot on her sucking the lollipop of a cancer patient to me was like immediately you drew me into this thing. But okay. this is a this is a, a very big epidemic, no? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I happened to be sober for a long time. I was around a lot of heroin in the 90s, sort of prior to this current epidemic. Um, but I know I've lost a lot. I know a lot of people who have died from that. So I feel, I just feel very connected to it. And that was something I really wanted to do really honestly. And, um, you know, that I'm glad you liked that scene. You know, that was that's a tough scene, but I really want, I mean, it was really important to me that these two girls talk like two girls who know each other and, and two girls who have been in and out of recovery and who, who understand addiction and have self-awareness and aren't just like hot messes. I mean, they are, but they also like, they get what their own problem is. They just can't fix it. And, uh, oh yeah. You say it very clearly when she says, I can never stay straight. And, and she says, yeah. yes, you could. I mean, it's not even like, no, you couldn't. It's like, no, you couldn't. She's like, no, I'm happy for you. Like you felt yeah. their connection. But also I think anyone who had any, God forbid, you know, uh, or sorry for your loss, you know, cancer patient, uh, victim who's yeah. been on death's door has seen them sucking that. Yeah fentanyl lollipop and yeah. you know that immediately has got gravitas but yeah. did you realize how big a rabbit hole you were going down with this epidemic that was going on there i think i mean so i started writing this in 2015 so i don't think it was quite Hollywood. as talked about yet as it is now like i don't think it was quite named as an epidemic yet um mm -hmm. I knew it was, but I knew that, that was the drug. Like in the wire, they're talking, they are doing heroin in the wire too. But it was like, yes. or like how Breaking Bad is meth. Like I knew that was the drug that is the drug, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I was trying to get it as real as possible. But no, I mean, certainly it ended up coming out at the right time when it's, this is, people are very conscious of it now. So I think in, oh, a, yeah. in a dark way, yeah, we're tapping into some national zeitgeist thing sort of accidentally. Well, I don't think there's any accidents. I mean, you were on the cusp, right. of it, the cusp of it when you were writing it five years ago. It's just, you know, right. these things take time. You know, you just happen to meet the curve right. <laughs> exactly yeah. as unfortunately yeah. it was happening. Um, but here's the other thing, too. You're, you're writing a show that is a very masculine show in mm -hmm. past lives. And you are writing it with such strong and I'm not going to say femininity. It is a neutral there is no right. bias. It's like this is just the show. This is the world. No one's questioning it. But why do you decide to write something, and I love it, which is in such a sea of moral and ethical ambiguity? How can you pick your heroes from it? And I think you did a wonderful job, but I want to know right. how. It's funny. I always knew Ray was, like, ambiguous, like, dark, bad. But I, I think I honestly am so in love with Jackie that I forget that I don't think of her as a bad guy or I don't think of her as sort of morally ambiguous, but so many people have such a strong reaction to her. I'm like, I forget that like most normal people <laughs> think you're a shithead if you get drunk and flip your car. You, know what you I mean? flip the car and you're like, who was in it? <laughs> who yeah. was in the car? Right. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, can someone tell me what happened? Those assholes aren't telling me. Maybe remember. Right. But I, I just... You know, I love tough talking women. I love tough talking dudes. I, I, there's no like little weak little wallflowers in this show. Everybody is pretty tough and knows how to, has street smarts, knows how to handle themselves. And I love writing that kind of, I love writing those people and I love finding their vulnerable spots, you know, um, all of them. I mean, there's nobody that I don't enjoy writing because they all have that mix of humor, toughness, mm -hmm. bravado, and then there's always a vulnerable side too. Right. And they brought, so, so what was it like for you going from, you know, you're in the room in, in Gotham, right. And now you're in your own room, right. I mean, they bring in the guy from power, but this is your yeah. show. I mean, is yeah. it a big shift in, in, or is everything you learn kind of been positioning you for going into something like this? It is that, that everything you learn, but I didn't know that until it happened. You know what I mean? Like the night right. before the writers were open, I'm like, please, God, don't let me be a total fucking asshole tomorrow. Um, like, and and then, but it worked. It totally worked. I do. And it's, 
I think, you know, it's only eight, eight episodes, and I knew what a lot of it was going to be. And I'd already written the second one before the room opened. They ordered a backup script. Okay. So I had a really good sense of what was going to happen in it. So, right. and it turns out, you know, like all you really need is like a really clear vision, and then you learn to impart that vision to other people. And all of a sudden, it, it, it's turned, a out, it turned out to be easier than I thought it would be. Not right. to say that I didn't make mistakes, I didn't, I learned things, but it, it, it came together pretty easily, I will say. And I should say now, congratulations, right? It was announced that you got picked up for a second yep. season. So yes. amazing, right? So are yes. you already like, oh, we got to get back to it? And what are you thinking about doing? Are you going to do Zoom room or, or what? You know what? It's actually already written. So they, we, they had greenlit the room before they greenlit the actual show. So you just have so to go wait, wait to go to production. So I'm just waiting to go to production, yeah. So, so have you heard anything about this or any kind of, like, are you putting things in place? Have they been talking about we're it? We're talking or? about it, but it's really tricky, you know? Um, I, I think we're definitely letting some, we're definitely going to let some other people be the guinea pigs, you know? I don't right. think there's any show that's full on. I mean, I know there's been little reshoots here and there, little pickups and probably commercials and maybe some indies, but I don't think any, like, full-fledged show has gone back into production yet. So I think I don't want to be the first. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I don't need to be the one putting no. my crew in harm's No, way. yeah, I know. So Everyone says, I don't want to be the one who gets James Badgedale. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but well, let's talk about this because Hightown really only works if they, you know, get the casting right, which you, yeah. being they, did. So yeah. uh, was Monica Raymond, right? Is she addition or uh, did she come attached she to the series? She actually did, yeah. I mean, we went to her. I mean, she was like in our... Short, mm -hmm. short, short list of people that we, and I think we went to her, yeah, we went to her first, but she was willing to read for it. She was really hungry for it. So um, she came in, she did two scenes, two or three scenes. I think she auditioned with the uh, the psychiatrist scene from the end of the pilot. And uh, she, you know, <laughs> she just nailed it, you know, and. That's a big scene. Yeah. She, <laughs> she uh... she's a real actress. I mean, she went to Juilliard. She is like. You know, I don't oh. I think she was itching to get out. She had been in that Chicago fire show for six years. I think she was she was dying to do something different to show her range. And then and then even going from how she looked in the audition to how when we went through the process with the director and, you know, all the heads of department and hair, makeup, costume, like just turning her into Jackie, like. Right even from where she looked at the audition to how she looks on the first day of shooting, like she became that character. It's amazing. I, I mean, this is what I'm saying. And you see it bleeding from the, from the screen. Was there anything that like happened on set or anything really fun that you recall between the actors or, or let me ask you this, was there anything super interesting about uh, either of their process that really stayed with you? Monica or James? Yeah. Uh, you know, Monica, I don't know their process. They're both such pros, and they really kind of, like, do Shut their up. own thing. But, um, interesting. you know, so James really... James had a lot of ideas about Ray's physicality. Like, he liked the idea that Ray is somebody... And I never had heard this term, but I guess there's a thing, if you're, like, really into fitness, called stoking, which is that you never... Now get, I've never heard it, so okay, go on. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not a fitness person. <laughs> this is great. Go on. from him is, like... You never get too hungry and you never get too full. You're always keeping your fire just like just the bare minimum. So you're eating an almond every 10 minutes, but that's it. You know, so he was huh. always so it's like this maximum burning of your energy. I around. love that. So, so he that's was always so he had the thing that Ray was always going to be eating almonds. So um, you, you see that a lot. Yeah. In the beginning. <laughs> Towards the end, they're like, okay, let's cool it with the almonds because it's hard to understand you when you're chewing. And but, the continuity's um, a pain in the ass, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but he's very, he's very physically, he's such in great shape. He's a hockey player. And like, there's a scene where he stands up from a chair without using his arms. And I'm like, that's amazing. Look at his core strength. Like, nobody else would notice this, but I've seen it so many times. And I'm like, look at right. the way he stands up from a chair. But it's so like, he's this coiled spring, you know? Yeah, that's what you feel from the character. For yeah. sure. You feel that from yeah. the second his car pulls up in that entrance, he just throws the door Price open and he's banging strong. on the house. Yeah. It's like, listen, all it was was a case, man. Like, you know, chill out. It's yeah, like, yeah. you just got to get it. He just wants to beat traffic. Yeah. <laughs> That was his, that was <laughs> yes. his excuse. So I found that, yeah. but immediately that was what, you know, you did. I mean, did you find that, you know, shows like the mentalist or the mentalist where you're, that's kind of your, you know, training, training ground. Right. Yeah. So that's a very an, beloved show, but I mean, could not be 
more different in the writing right. prowess and style. So how do you adjust to a serialized crime drama? I mean, Gotham a little more so, right? Yeah. Well, The Mentalist, I will say, was fantastic training. I mean, <laughs> 22 episodes, breaking a crime, every, you know, act breaks, having to get people back from the, you know, from the... Yeah. From the commercial break. And also, you know, the humor mixed with the crime. Um, it was actually, it was a really good experience for me and really taught me a lot. So, um, but yeah, the serialized thing, I had never been in a room that was really serious. I mean, yes, Gotham was. A little more so because yeah, of the yeah, world. Yeah, no, it was. Um, but I think just because it was eight episodes, I mean, it was almost like writing a feature. You know, it was almost like writing a yeah. really long feature. Uh Right, because isn't it every feature? You could probably write about eight episodes worth of stuff, right? Right. <laughs> For yeah. each film so, you write. Huh. Yeah, I think, not, I think really you told me it's 22 episodes of a serialized thing. I think that would be really hard. I don't know how you do that, but. Right. So you're already written for the second season. So can you tell us anything about it or no? Yeah. Okay, tell uh, us a little. I will tell you it takes place in the fall of uh -huh. 2019. starts around uh, Halloween. And so we miss COVID. Okay. Um, which everyone's asked me, what about COVID? Yeah, yeah. good. Thanks. I don't want to watch it, to be honest. We talked about this the other day on another episode. We really don't want to see it right now. We just want to I see know, good yeah. stuff. Although, isn't it weird when you watch TV now? You're like, social distancing. Yeah, they're hugging. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange, but yeah. I want to get lost in that because I want to believe that time is coming back. Yeah. So please don't. We, we yeah. miss COVID. That's so it's nice. more of, you know, it's more of this. I mean, I think, I don't know if you finished the season, but, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the power dynamics shifted at the end of the season. So it's it's the same characters plus some new characters, but all the power, everyone is starting out in a different place than they were before. So is so, the wire an influence to you at all? Because to me, I see a lot of it. Obviously. I mean, a lot of it. I, well, I mean, I see it as, as a writer structurally, you know, what you yeah. did and how you build out, you know, the, the, these characters. Uh, I see a little Stringer Bell, but but it's so unique. Yeah. And it's so, uh, if anything, it's an homage uh, yeah. at the most. But Usually the influence is there, huh? And it was Chris Albrecht at Stars who bought it, who had greenlit, you know, who had been at HBO for the, yep. the golden years. But yeah, I mean, I would say Sopranos... And The Wire. The Wire certainly structurally in terms of, you know, who done it. You're watching both sides. It's not it's not a who done it. Um, yeah, but even Sopranos, I think more in terms of the psychology, like having so much character and psychology. That, that is very models. interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it was running as a through line through it. And also, you know, you even have James in the beginning when he visits uh, the, uh, the guy at prison. I can't think of his name. Um, Frankie, the main Frankie. Thank you. Yeah. When he visits Frankie at prison, uh, he says to him, I was at your arraignment. You know, it's like he, he's letting him know and uh, that he was he's, he's very thorough. Every yeah. one of these characters is so incredibly thorough. Hey, Jason, Jason, I know Jason turned this on and he Jason, tell her when you started watching this. It was like he hit me up. He's like, this is this is heavy. This is heavy. That's a, oops. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was like, wow, okay, this is this is gonna this is gonna be something. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be <laughs> which I was happy with, but I was also like, I was not quite prepared when I first turned it on. I saw the beach and stuff. I was like, okay, nope, it's not this. <laughs> you, thought, you thought maybe it was something nice. It wasn't yeah. so much. Um no, not so nice. yeah. but they haven't given a release date yet. Because they can't For tell you when you shoot. No. Right. No, See, this is the know. this is the problem plaguing us all, right? So can you just just a little off topic? Can you give me any insight into whatever? Because you're with some big companies, you know, as producers doing this. What what the talk is about how we're going to get back? Like, you know, have you heard anything interesting that might be shareable? No, I think we're going to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they put out all these the white pages and the um, there's ways of doing it. I just think in practice, it will be harder. Than. And actually, I was actually right. texting with a friend of mine, an old boss of mine, actually, who's. He's in Europe working on a feature, hmm. and he said, you know, we have plans upon plans upon plans. He was like, but he quoted, I think it was Mike Tyson, like, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Like, you That's can plan, but when right. Monica Raymond gets COVID, your plans go out the window. I mean, God forbid. Yeah, I God forbid. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But yes, of course, of yeah. course. And this is something that everybody is kind of like, I'm not going to be the first. I'm not going right. to be the first. So, you know, yeah. what do you do? But, but I the do think we're is... a creative industry. We figure shit out. We keep people safe all yep. the time. So yep. I think it's doable. And obviously, we know more now than we did when we shut down in March. 
but right. at the same time, the numbers haven't really gotten better, which is frustrating. So well, it'd be nice if people, you know, people started to listen and just went, look, you don't like it. I get it. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this all sucks. Yeah. We can do this for a month. Maybe we'll be done. Exactly. I mean, right? like, you have kids, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like once you're our age and you have kids, it's no big deal mm-hmm. to stay home. No, but I, I'm you know, good. When I was 25, would I have been staying home? Probably not. So yeah, my son is going nuts. He can't stand he? it. Uh, he's 16. Just got his um, license, you know, and yeah. he's really going crazy. He can't. All his friends. Jason. I, I don't. I, I'm just saying. I don't mind staying home. I just wish everybody else in my house would leave. <laughs> yes. Totally. See, he's got the right idea. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. But it is true that no one's no one's wanting to leave. Have you been using this time uh, writing besides you know writing eight more episodes of your show? Like, are you working on anything fun for yourself? Yeah. Oh, season two is ten, uh, 10 episodes, by the way. Oh, um, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to work on a feature film, I think. Sort of something uh, maybe that I might want to direct myself. Yeah. But, yeah. I love it. All right, but you can't tell yeah. us about it, really. All right, all right. So it's, you're working it's not, on it, though. I would. It's just that it's not, I don't even have enough of it yet to do it, so... Okay, so you have plans upon plans, but this is the next one. You would like to go from the show to directing a feature for yourself. which I, I don't know if that would be the next thing I would do. I just feel like now's the time to write it because I don't have... I have yeah. some TV ideas sort of in the back burner, but they just haven't... I think mostly because Hightown was still airing and I just felt so focused on that. And it's yeah. hard to think of another show to give I was just going to ask you that. Uh, can you yeah. bring? Can you be in two worlds at once? Are you having to be in one world when you're in it? When I'm writing, I'm very emotionally attached to that thing, and very it's it's it takes up a lot of brain space. You know what I mean? Like I'm writing scenes in my head while I'm making my kids dinner. You know, and I'm like, what? What did you say? You know? <laughs> okay, so um, I'm not alone with this. Good. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a big daydreamer. I'm a big like multitasker. Like my mm-hmm. husband's like, are you in there? I'm like, sorry, I was. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah, I was there. I was just, I'm here though. I promise. Yeah. I mean, I cannot. First of all, again, congratulations on everything. I cannot thank you enough for being here. I love, love, love your show, Jason. You got anything you want to say before uh, we lose really it? the show, and I am. Um, I'm fixated, honestly. You're on mute. In the. Oh, am I on mute? I hear him. You don't hear him. Oh, I can't hear him. Oh, that's fine. Oh. Then I. That's I'm weird. not saying anything. Uh, okay, yeah, he's not saying anything important. <laughs> <laughs> he's just saying bye. Listen, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. I'll come on again. anytime. I'm sorry I had to cut it short today, but if you want me to come on and shoot the shit about anything, I'm happy to. You're a fun, we would, you're a fun interviewer. Oh, my God. Thank you. We would love that. So you will okay. be back then. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right. Congrats on everything. Season two. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Hightown on Stars. Rebecca Cutter, everybody. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Have a great one. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. That was awesome. Wait. I don't know why it does that sometimes where it, uh-huh. could hear, you could hear me, but they yeah. can't. Isn't it's that bizarre. weird? Yeah, it's really bizarre. You'd think that I could either always be heard or never be heard because that's how that's how always I live be my heard life. Or never be heard. Oh, first of all, your mom says hi, which I love. I'm looking at the <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the comments that I missed as a bunch. Of, but also uh, C Lick Lixy. I feel like is that a Lixie. thing? That's Clixy. Clixy. Oh, see, I'm so terrible. You know what? I'm also terrible at personalized license plates. <laughs> not 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 good at him man uh, people were saying hi i i mean guys if you haven't watched the show um it, you're in for something it's it's on stars it's very serious it's very timely and it's definitely something to to really check out um and we were just talking about i think with brendan on another episode how you know our drama has been getting you know it's not easy to find a good gritty our drama to watch anymore it feels like we oh. since ozark we've been kind of left a little stranded no, it's it's definitely it's definitely tougher now that the Ozarks are just the you know they they're gonna have to have the next season just in a bubble because there's no way you can film down there right now with everything going on. Um, Is there a lot of stuff going on? Down oh, there? I mean, it's just it's like a hotbed for like coronavirus. Oh, the Ozarks are. Yeah, the Ozarks are. Oh, well, weren't they the ones if I remember that were like uh, partying or something? Pool like, party like all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you're from a bartender with like a really good immune system, like you're not doing well down there right now. I feel um, like that's horrible. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. I, I wanted to actually, this is something I wanted to bring up in regards to this. We are, t- you know, we're not going to do a show tomorrow. All right. We're going to, we're, or we're, we're going to, our next episode will we, live episode will be on Thursday and I'll yeah. edit this, but um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about our last episode of Betty Broderick. Yes. Yes. And that's on Thursday. And that's on Thursday. Right. So, and then what I wanted to do with the next Wednesday is my wife knows 
everything about uh, about the real person. So we're gonna. Okay, do- wait. Have we found out that this is the last episode? This is the last episode. Oh, okay. All right. So, and then the next week we get to go with Steph and just break down all the true crime break down with real versus, versus the podcast. Right. Oh here, yes. But here's the other thing I've been thinking about. I really like doing this. I really like sharing this. I really liked fighting with um, Nancy and my wife and you and everybody else. We to find a new that. one. So I want to find a new one, and that's that's the kind of the next thing. Um, Rick says that, that, that uh, poolside happy hour at his place um, <laughs> in Dallas. I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Clixy. We like having you. I'm glad you're watching. Oh, thank you, Clixie. And um, I got your name right now. You see, if you, uh, the more you watch and listen, the more you'll see how many names I get wrong. Like like Phil Nobile Jr. I called him Phil just, Noble. If he doesn't call you by the right name, just call him Clifford. Uh, yeah, by the way, just don't – I assume everybody just doesn't get my name, so it's fine. I'm always Chris. What would you say, Chris Dorman? <laughs> yep, that's what I said. But, uh, but I want to find show. another show. You know, kind of going back to it, I would like to find another show we could all watch. Um, I was thinking about, I, I hadn't uh-huh. looked at it, I kind of looked at it lightly, but I don't know if it's serialized. There's that Perry Mason show going on. Oh, no, no. I watched the pilot. Nope. I mean, nope. ooh, I forgot. This is like almost like a uh, a queen of Sta- a king of Staten Island thing. Like, oh, okay. I, like this guy, he's from the Americans and everybody loves this guy. And by the way, this guy is like the uh, president of the Soho house or something. The Mike, the Michael dude, the uh-huh. English guy. I mean, so I, I, people love him and I've never watched the Americans, but oh, fuck me. This show is so bad. Right. I mean, yeah. it's beyond bad. I mean, they're using the Bosch sets and they're supposed to be in like 1939. Listen, I understand that trolley was there in 1939, but Bosch already used it. I don't want to see it. Don't don't build another homicide around. And then, oh, Jason, this thing is so it's okay, atrocious. So, so it's not that one. I was going to ask you about I that. Know, I'm, pained. I'm in pain, though, about it. Oh, I meant Nancy, to bring it up. Oh. oh, yeah, Nancy, the Lord. Here we go. See, here's the problem, Nancy. I watched it like three weeks or whenever it first came out. I was like, ooh, it's HBO Max. It's this English dude that everybody loves from the Americans, which I did not like. But, hey, everybody liked the Americans. I get the Americans. This, I don't get at all. Uh, okay, oh. so, that, so that's not it. Um, cause I, I saw good review. No. We just need to think about it. And every, if you guys have some suggestions out there in the audience, what we should watch together. Cause I would like to start another show together. Yeah, um, I'm in. and, uh, you know, I, I feel weird. Like we could go watch dirty John season one, but I'm sure people have already seen it. It doesn't really feel like right. spoilers. Um, so I want to try and figure out another show for us and, and, you know, um, you know, maybe something that's coming out right now. Um, yeah, I wanted to put right. that out to the world. I'm in, and I've been thinking about it too, just so you know. Uh, so it's on my mind. Uh, we'll have it figured out by the time. Let's get with Scott too. Maybe there's some shows that are going to be launching around the next couple of weeks that we can target in on. Yep. There's and, a uh, show on uh, on uh, Peacock that got some de- decent reviews. I'm going to see what that one's all about too. Okay, great. Yeah, a little more salacious, the better if we could find one. Like, I love this. Yeah. yeah. That w- okay, just- so wait, should we talk about some some stuff yeah let's do it all right so we want to talk about palm springs we talked about it yesterday right yes so we really kind of hit it right so we we're kind of done right it's like watch it it's great you know you got skinner it's uh jk uh simmons yeah simmons and uh, names again i got your name yeah see See, he gets all them yeah it's the same thing all right so you did not watch uh or, or did you watch i should ask did you see the um What's it called? The Charlize Theron one. Yes. The old gods. Uh, or not the old gods. The, the old guard, right? The old guard. Yeah. What'd Which you think? Might have been, I enjoyed it. It actually brought me to some questions outside of the movie that I wanted to talk to you about, about just, you know, the, the state of the, the entertainment agency, but I, uh, uh, entertainment industry, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was a, it, it was an interesting way. It took, a, I, I guess here's my, here's what I want to say. It took too long to get to where it needed to be for me to be hooked right okay. away. Um, but once I got hooked, I really enjoyed it. But it, it, um, they just took the long route to that place um, for me. So I thought it was kind of one show, but I already knew that there was something supernatural because it's in the preview, like in the previews right. in the description. But it starts out as kind of a war movie, or at least it feels like it should be a little bit of a war movie. Well, yes, I think that was the twist because it's not till the end of Act One that you find out that they're immortal, right? Or seemingly so. Seemingly immortal. Right. And but and I I think that might just be a problem with movie marketing and how they write the description because you know they're immortal from the beginning, and then at a certain point I wasn't sure where that was going to be. 
Well, I was wondering, actually, um, where uh, how it would have been to watch the movie the way it was supposed to be watched, not mm -hmm. knowing they're immortal. Right. And, and watching the first act and being like at the end of the first act, when you see them get up from that first, you know, devastating death to mm -hmm. be as shocked as the soldiers, because right. right. I feel like that's how the movie gets sold, by right. the way. You yeah. know, that's how the studio's like, this is great. Charlize Theron, her character was very interesting. It was not as cliche or cardboard cutout mm -hmm. as I thought it would be. And the woman who played the other Kiki, um, I can't remember her last name. She is fantastic. Again, it's what Schitt's Creek did. There's no mention of she's black, she's white, she, they're gay. It's just the universe Kiki is Lane. accepting. Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane. Yes, she is phenomenal. She's she from was great. What is she from? Uh, I don't know that, but I do know that. I've I mean, never seen her before. I don't. She was in If Bill Street Could Talk, Native Son. Oh. Uh, she's going to be in Coming to America too. Um, but she yeah. was in Bill Street Could Talk. Yep. She is. Uh, she. She's. She's holding her own with with Charlie's throat, like no problem. I thought, was, I thought she was wonderful. I. I, I mean, captivating. She's a compelling actor. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, and just for everybody who doesn't know, this this movie is about. Uh, a group of people that have been alive for different amounts of time, but basically are immortal. They've been around for hundreds of hundreds of thousands. thousands of years. Um, they just are immortal. They don't, they can't die. They heal from wounds and they're kind of a, they're a group of basically a group of mercenaries or, well, know. they work in the shadows as warriors to help humanity. Right. Yes. Right. And, right uh, that, yeah, that's their, that's their graphic novel goal. They're like the old, like they're the immortal a team. <laughs> with no behavior rock. Yeah, but they use a lot of weapons and they kill a lot of people. And they have like, they're much better at shooting than the A team was. So the last big set piece, you know, that they have where, you know, they're going through the uh, you know, Charlie's throwing everyone going uh through the the, the Merrick's pharmaceutical, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, okay, fine. You have to take a couple of uh things into but that's what I like about these movies. Like, yeah, okay, I'll accept that the uh, head of the pharmaceutical company is an evil guy who uh, has 900 mercenaries working for him. Like, he basically hired, uh, you know, uh, what's that company? Black... Uh, oh, yeah, Blackwater. Yeah, Blackwater. He basically hired Blackwater to guard his pharmaceutical company. So, okay, you got to take a dive with that one. You got to like, all right, he's the evil. But here's the thing, and this is what a mentor of mine, John Millius, told me many, many years ago. He said, he write Red Dawn in the 80s because the Russians were a common enemy. Then we started having the Muslims as this common enemy, you know, the bad Muslims, right? Which is no bueno. Can't do that now. That's kind of off the table as rightly so. So now what we have is big corporate and the pharmaceutical companies. There are new agreed upon common, common bad common person. Common enemy, uh, corporations yes. and in general big. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, talking about set pieces and talking about this really brings me to a thing that I've been questioning for a little while that we've kind of mm -hmm. gotten to a couple times. Was this a movie meant for a th theatrical release in your mind? Or was 100%. this all 100%? 100%. Because, and they're seeing that we don't need to do that anymore. Right. Now, this is a thing because I've seen big budget action flicks this is not that either it's it's a mid-tier movie that i think would have probably done really great in theaters mm -hmm. but that's what i'm wondering about with this stuff like same as extraction ex same as extraction like these are those those the, these feel like movies like they used to make back in the 80s and early 90s that weren't huge budgets but did pretty well like you know they used to start they used to be a lot sillier they used to start you know they were cobra yeah, and commando, commando right? Right? right they were 40 million dollars well now today they're you know they'd be 40 well actually no sorry they were 40 million dollar movies then Right. And now they're $140 million movies. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, but they've eased back because this feels like a 30, $40 million movie. Um, you, you thought so? You didn't yeah, feel felt, that it was a little higher in the, uh, I, all the CGI I, I, and the tech? I, I felt like I think they did good. I don't. And that's the thing. I think that I think that they're the, the lower, they're the mid budget well. action movies that we lost. Did well. Oh, did well. They did good. I, Superman does good. Grammar well, matters. Well, right. <laughs> Touche. Um, all right go on you do well um oh, wait what, what did rick say hunters a, on netflix that was a tracy morgan thing oh okay no hunters was on amazon that amazon. was the that was the tv show i thought that was the best pilot and the best opening of a pilot i've seen in a long time and then by episode four do you remember with, with I, hunters i don't think i got all the way through that series i, I didn't either yep. that's what i'm saying around episode four it just kind of went boop for me, Rick, I'm not saying, you know, listen, it's Pacino, so you can probably watch them all the time, but 
Yeah. I, um, and he also recommended Brockmire, which I loved. I've seen oh. all the seasons already. I, I love that I'm show. I'm waiting for the new season because it's only on AMC, which now I don't have because of the, uh, this is, I'm going to use my second F-bomb for the day because of the classic fuckery we are all in between streaming and broadcast now that we constantly talk about here. So, um, but, uh, but well, go on, you were asking a question. So, so, so this is what it leads me to, um, same with, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, that, that, uh, Palm Springs was a great movie and I could actually have watched that in a theater and enjoyed it, but it didn't feel like a high production. It found like an indie movie budget. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just curious about this. Like we've all, we, we've talked about, like when you think about well, a Palm block, Springs did. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you think about a high, co- you know, uh, like a high costing action movie, you know, like a John Wick or some of these bigger movies with all the glitz and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like these aren't them. They're still good. And there's the content's still strong. I'm just wondering if finally, like we, we, you know, we found a place to create mid tier movies again, where it's not, it doesn't either have to be a blockbuster or being played as an indie film. Like you can have a, 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 you can start putting out movies that are decent and good, but Yes. Well, that's what we have. That's what the streamers have have, uh, given us now. They've given us the return of that mid-level, mid-budget movie that you can enjoy with great actors and some great tech and some great effects. Uh, But it's not going to be a $200 million Avengers movie or Iron Man. But we'll also allow 30 minutes just to get into character. Right, you know, which they would never allow in a movie like that because they got to get to the set pieces and. Well, except when you have Iron Man one, where you have Favreau directing, and you right. have fifty minutes before. I think it was fifty-two. Someone can correct me, but I think I'm almost positive it's fifty-two minutes until he puts on the suit. Right. From meeting him, so Tony Stark, and going into Iraq, you know, and getting taken hostage and all that. I mean, I've only found that to be. I found that to be the only one, Jason. That yeah. really gave that character development. Otherwise, you're only going to find it in these guys. Yeah. Other than maybe the first Superman movie, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, and and that you know Richard Donner doesn't you know that was that was a whole different era and, and a different place. But yeah, I think that, that that's what I've been noticing with some of these things. Like I'm like, I don't know if I would have gone to the movie theater and seen that movie. Mm-hmm. But the, right. But at the same time, I'm like this is a theatrical film, and I think that that's where things are going to be really interesting when we come out of here. Is like. You know what's the point? We just get ten IMAX screens put in every every city that that does movies, and you just watch. You just go over there for blockbusters outside where you can sit far away from each other. Otherwise, you watch really great movies at home. Well, right, okay, but that now leads to the question, which is, can you watch? And, and I'm not the guy to ask this, but can you watch the two hundred and fifty million dollar Avenger movie at home? Yeah. You know, I'm asking, like, can yeah. that can they release that new whatever the biggest budget thing is that they're going to go shoot after this? If everybody straps in and just listens and wears masks and stays home when this pandemic's over, uh, then and this quarantine's over, the biggest movie possible. Tenet. Say theater. It could be Tenet, right? Okay, Tenet's right. the first big blockbuster movie that people are going to want to see across the board, right? And the James Bond one. Yeah, and the James Bond. Right. Now, can we just watch that at home and that's that? Yeah. Or does it require theater viewing? I don't know. That's the, yeah, that's, I'm very, I don't, I'm asking. It's a very, uh, 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 I almost want to say it's a debilitating question because I, I get very, uh, I don't know what to say or do, and I don't know where the future is for film. I'll tell here's you what, my, TV, I don't think is going anywhere, no matter what people say. Here's my, here's my idea. Tents, three-sided tents. We all sit in our own three, t- three-sided tent when we get into the theater. We get, <laughs> And all they play is horror movies. So it's really scary to be there. You you feel like you're in the, the place with everybody else, but you're in a tent. So you can just hear them kind of moving around a little bit. So drive-ins. And, yeah, it's just drive-ins, basically. Right. But that's why I think, you know, it's interesting we talk about horror movies. Yesterday we were talking about The Relic a lot, and I didn't get to really yeah. talk because of all this stuff. But like, So go ahead. If I could think of one type of movie that I'd rather see in the theater than any other, it's horror. Um, because I like... Be, well, because an audience can make or break a movie. He was talking about not liking the new Evil Dead reboot movie. Um, I loved the new Evil Dead reboot movie because I was in a theater full of people that were scared to death during that movie and screaming and 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 the emotion was really kind of palpable across it. I hated 28 Days Later or what yeah, that that one because I was in a theater that thought it was stupid and everybody was laughing at the, the, the serious parts and when stuff was happening, they're like groaning and it was like, the theater huh. kind of overwhelmed that, that, that movie yeah. going that I walked out of the movie going, that was the worst piece of shit I ever saw. Um, 
you know, not, and because the audience makes or breaks those types of things. But I like that about the theater going experience. I like the group dynamic and certain types of things. And mm-hmm. I like going to see Spider-Man with a lot of people. I, I, I think I've told this story before, but on my birthday, I always went and saw an animated movie by myself until I realized that it was creepy to go to an animated movie during the day by yourself as a, as a man. And then I got married so I could have a kid so I could take her to those movies with me until she got too old to go with me too. Um, and now you just, it's, it's off. Because I, because <laughs> you, I you have to become a big brother. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I will. It'll be like me and four different kids just all go into the movie theater. Then we got four little brothers. What's that old dude with the beard taking you here? He's like, he's here to buy you guys beer or some shit. Um, but <laughs> I love, I love the concept and and having that communal experience, um, of, of movies in certain genres, comedies, animated films, children's movies, horror movies, and to a point blockbusters, because just because it's so loud and I just like hearing explosions over like stereo speakers in the back. But no, those are the the things I'm really going to miss are the cartoons and the, and the horror movie. Like in the group setting. Yeah. And oh, and Fast and the Furious movies. I hate Fast and the Furious movies. I love seeing Fast and the Furious movies. And oh, wait, there's so many genres I like to watch at the theater. I I guess I like them all. I like watching Fast and the Furious movies because it's ridiculous and I love people that get into it and I'm not into it. Watching other Fast and the Furious games. Yeah. yeah, That's the game for you on the Fast and the Furious movies, by the way. And I play all the time. Do you want to know what what it is? is? It's called uh, Dead. It's the dead (laughs) game. They'd be dead. Dead. (laughs) Dead. Every time. All of them dead. Every time somebody says fa- we're family, I throw all my popcorn at the <laughs> screen. Um, and then the other type of movie I love to watch is jackass movies. I love to go to the movie, to the theater and watch jackass movies because I like watching people get hit in the balls with yeah. big rocks with other Bad people. Grandpa like was good. Seeing people get hit in the balls with big rocks. I saw that with Dylan in the theaters, the Bad Grandpa one. It's so fun, you know, right? His old like, testicles getting hit. Oh yeah, it's the best. The, 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 it's uh, the best. It was like going to see the uh, Nitro Circus. Did you ever watch those guys? Oh yeah, remember, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're they're they had that uh, movie uh, probably like ten years ago. It came out or eleven years ago. The Nitro Circus movie with Travis Pastrana. I see it in theater. It's like that's. I, I definitely want to see it in the theater. Ah, Clixie, you are the best. Thank you. I, and I'm a little sad, man, that 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 might go away too. I really. I'm not sure how I see these things online and they're saying, save our industry, like save our industry. I'm like, well, what's going on with our industry? I feel like our industry is the only one that's going to stick around. Am I right. missing something? No, I, I mean, I think that everybody's really afraid right now because nobody's working. And, you know, there's a lot of people probably having to pack it up and go home right now. And I get that part of it. But uh, I don't think movies are yeah, going anywhere. Yes, that's a, that's my point. Yes. I mean, this is terrible. And that's it's terrible that people are having a, you know quit their dream because of a circumstance that is beyond anyone, you know, believe me, or their goals, I should say, but movies and TV aren't going anywhere. You know, if you can ride this out, if you're capable and blessed to ride this out, or if you wait it out now and you start fresh, you know, come out here when this is all over, believe me, where's content going? What would we do Uh, without it as humans? It's just going to different, it's getting consumed differently. And that's, I think, a big thing. I think it's it's the same thing with everything else in the world. Like we're having to accept that change is important and necessary and not everybody's Mm -hmm. ready to accept and embrace that change. Um, And we're just going to have to do it, you know? And like- You're right. You're absolutely right, man. We We have no other choice. Oh, by the way, you know what I forgot to bring up to Rebecca Cutter, our guest? What? was that she made a movie in 2012 called Besties with none other than our friend Corin Nemec. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just saying, Rebecca, do we not see Corin on season two of Hightown? Oh, this yeah. guy, so this cool. guy could play a role. I'm just saying, 2012, it seems like the right time to work together again. <laughs> Make him a drug addict. Look at his stuff online. He's excellent. I'm telling you. But it's funny, you know, all these connections. And it all comes back to... What I was saying just before that, all these connections, all these things that we see in every episode we do, they're a very big part of the reason that these things, movies, TV shows, art is not going anywhere because people have to be connected. And through these connections comes, you know, and, and let me say this. People have to be connected. It's, it's an imperative. It's a, it's a moral. It's a humanistic imperative. If, for us. if people didn't have to be connected COVID would be at zero across the country right now and not biking, right? That's the truth. Beautifully said. 
if people didn't have to be connected, COVID would be at zero and we would have no internet. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We, we have to humanistically. It is a it is a, an imperative for us to be connected. Now, that's one. Two, because of that. A certain amount of people are going to be artists. And mm-hmm. when artists connect. Shit gets created. It's not whether there's a business for it or not. It's right. just going to happen. So the fact that there already is the infrastructure of this business and it's our biggest export. Right. I mean, what else do we make that anyone gives a shit about? Mm, just trouble. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a roll today, Jason Smith. <laughs> I got to say, that's a that's a that's a very good line right there. <laughs> Did you hire a writer? <laughs> What's going on? You think I'm going to afford a writer right now? <laughs> that's a touche again. See, that's again. It makes me think you can <laughs> with lines like that. It makes me kind of wonder what's going on over there in that man. I, I don't. I hear you in one ear, and uh, I got uh, I got Chet Waterhouse. Yeah. Chet Waterhouse. Yes, but this is what I'm saying. The, the connection is there. We have to be connected. It's going to create art. So the business isn't going to go anywhere. What it's going to be? Are they going to be theaters? I think that's the biggest kind of forward-looking question. And. I know for me, I'm already adapting the new project that I'm doing with these people. And these people are huge and you know, who they are, and I can't talk about it yet, but I so want to, uh, but they already know. And these are some of the biggest people that you could be in show business. And they're already preparing to make the type of films that it doesn't matter if it's in a theater or not. It's just how it connects to the youth. And I think that's going to be the thing we're going to have to look mm-hmm. how do we forward to people, you know, Kids don't want to necessarily go to, didn't want to go to the movie theaters before this all was going on, right? Yes. Dragging my daughter to the movie theater was literally dragging my daughter to the movie theater. And if she couldn't have her phone on, she didn't really want to be there in the first place, right? And I'm not saying that in a bad way about my daughter. I think I'm not, I had the same thing. It's, it's know, a teen thing. It's just how it is. You know, and she doesn't want a TV in her room, but she's always on her phone watching video, right? But she's like, hey, okay, let's just put cable and an, you know, an, uh, 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 an Amazon fire in your room and you can watch the shows that you're watching on your, you know, right. you're watching. Nope. nope. I don't want it. I got it here. That's inconvenient for me to enjoy the show. And like the, the, the types of stuff she wants, it doesn't, you know, and she's watching, she's watching, she actually loves horror movies too. She loves watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. And like, she wants mm-hmm. like one, one weekend. She's like, I just watched all the saw movies and, and, and all the, the, um, and I haven't even seen these, the human centipede movies. And I was like, really? Oh, I can't watch those, man. The human yeah. centipede movies like that, that uh, just the idea of it scares me because yeah. it could work. Yeah. yeah. But no, it could work. It just grows. Yeah. Because I mean, technically, couldn't it work? I guess technically. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's but I don't want to think about it. <laughs> exactly. It's enough that I don't want to really get into it. But like, okay, go on. Okay, with those pieces of, of the, of the, of what we consider the grand vision of cinema to be missing, which is the big screen or even the screen at all and the audio portion, but the content really drives her. Uh, uh, <laughs> What's wrong with Stephanie? Uh, she's also, she's also like, Bleh. Oh, okay. Right. Well, but, but, okay. but, 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 but that's okay. What I'm saying is, okay, so that's okay for them. Now let's, con- let's figure out now we, now we're bringing more stuff in and I think we can do this high production value and really great stuff that that suits across a lot of different uh, demographics. But let's also remember like, all right, this is what people want. This is how they want to pursue it. How let's make art and content for people in that way. And I think Quibi was kind of trying, but not really out of my brain. Yeah. They, they were just, just they were kind of pinky toeing in it the wrong way. They're like, they were peacocking. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, look, we got a lot of money from the tech sector and we're going to be techie and make a 10 minute show. Like, listen, don't 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 relegate everything to 10 minutes, jerk off. Like, 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 you know, make shorter shows, maybe try that. Like, so it might be 13 minutes. Also, don't make shows that are actually 30 minute regular shows and just make them 10 minutes instead of 30 minutes. Right. Like, that's it. They're like making regular shows. And some of the content is like they're just making the same format show. They're just making it shorter. Make shows that fit the content or fit the 100. Yes. 100. Also, also. And this is very important for anyone really starting any kind of streaming service or network. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. Do not make Chrissy Teigen a judge. You hear that, Clixie? If you're starting a if you're starting a network right now, don't yeah. make Chris Teigen a judge. Yeah. You too, Rick. Yeah, this woman should not be a judge. This person, not not gender bias. This person. There are many beautiful. I mean, RBG. 
not Chrissy Teigen. I mean, don't even put him in the same sentence. I just did. And that's what happens when you make Chrissy Teigen a judge. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, what if you made her the king of Staten Island? By the way, better movie. <laughs> we make her the queen of Staten Island or non-binary. We just make her the, oh, like the, uh, the, the uh, legend of Staten Island. What is that? Wow, the shade. <laughs> shade? What shade? What did I throw? Oh, my, uh, my wife's a big fan of uh, the Chrissy Teigen. Some people are. I mean, that's the whole oh, thing. Steph, Steph, is this our first disagreement on something? Because third. Oh no, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Because I mean, uh, it's obviously just the fact that it's horrible. So why do we have to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Steph. So, but but I I, I think that Steph's um, going to hate me. Oh, she's <laughs> so mad at me. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I was just saying, like, I think that there's just a way. I, I, I just believe that as we move forward into all this stuff, there's going to be some really great content made. We just have to be less sensitive about where the people that watch it watch it or aware that they are going to watch it the way that they're going to watch it and accept that instead of going, this is a thing. And I, I love, you know, I love Spielberg and I, I, I love yeah. Lynch especially. But this is one of those old thinking things that's hard for people. It's like, I get that you want it to be the way you love it and cinema needs to be a certain way. And to an extent, I agree, because I love the big screen experience. I love the speakers. I love the audience. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that's how it's going to be for everybody. And we have, to, we have to adapt. We have to adapt the same way we adapted from books to radio to TV yeah. to, to film. And we have that's to well, be okay. well put with the medium adjusting and adjusting to that medium and accepting that that's the way people are going to consume. And if that's the way they're consume, this is how we're going to have to deliver. It is. And especially now, like what we were talking about yesterday with the, uh, with, with the new ways to shoot with this ILM and what they've been doing, where we can go into a soundstage and project any exterior interior we want. Right. Which I mean, cool, which yeah. makes it a lot cheaper and simpler to create cool, really high level content that could be viewed in different mediums, but also just looks great and doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. And listen, you know, your job might be a little less fun because you don't get to go first class to, uh, you know, uh, wherever. Pick your favorite spot, though. You well, know, like you don't get to go. Yeah. Tunisia is where they filmed all those like desert scenes for Star Wars, right? I mean, did you see this thing? Okay. I'm sorry. I have to just, you, you made me remember this thing. But I, I unfortunately, my brain saw it and now it's in there. Is this Zach and Zach Efron is a very nice human being. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. But Zach Efron is doing an eco show. Yeah. Is this real? Yeah. Yeah. I watch it. It's not bad. It's, wait, it's wait, wait. Oh. Yeah, it's someone's paying did he get paid for this oh yeah he's yes so yeah he someone's paying out. zach efron to travel the world to teach us about eco uh, uh good eco habits to be fair somebody's paying already paid zach efron a lot of money to do this with another dude who's also some sort of eco warrior and travel the world and like live in being all these amazing places the first one's in the netherlands and it's freaking right. it's or Iceland. And right. it's, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, you know what? No, <laughs> not, no, not Zach Efron. Unless it's a freaking musical. I don't want this guy running around the Netherlands in, in, in $9,000 uh, Dolce Gabbana jackets, uh, you know, telling us how we can be better eco warriors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I really find it offensive. Is that <laughs> wrong? Is that wrong? Because no, I think I, eco stuff should one. be taught like, to everybody, but not this thought. way. He just reminds me, exactly I had, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you had this too. I, there's one really like, if you can think of all your friends back in high school or in wherever you grew up with one super good looking dude that was also like, wanted to be a fisherman and a fireman, uh, but also was like way too sexy. He could play the acoustic guitar when he went camping and he could fly fish, but he also could like pick up any woman at any bar. Uh, oh, yeah. In, He's the guy in, uh, in, um, the John Cusack movie, uh, uh, why can't I think of it now? I'm blanking. Not is it better off dead? No, no, no. The Cameron Crow one. Oh yeah. Um, oh, say I, anything. Say same. anything. Yeah. Where the guys uh, where uh, Lauren Dean is playing yeah. the guitar and he's like uh, Susie. And he's just playing like nothing. He's just playing chords, but he's yeah, so but, sexy. Like he's a good dude, and like you like he's like, yeah. like and he's also but he's also funny and smart and reads all the books, right? Like and that's him. Also, you know that there there's always this guy my, in my school. This guy named you know my friend whose name was Jake. Every right. girl loved Jake. Everybody wanted to be friends with Jake. Jake could also fish. Jake could also, you know, <laughs> hit a, you know, hook up with your sister when you're not looking. He's sure. like that kind of dude. Hundred percent. Right? 
And that's Zach Efron. So I don't mind watching. I was like, he seems like a nice enough, affable dude. Good. He nature. He's and so nice. He knows how, like he knows how to tie his own flies and he's also sexy. Like I want to kiss him, but I also want him to teach me how to like tie a, you know, tie, tie a trout fly, you know? Right. But here's the thing. He is, he's the, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him uh, twice and he could not be a nicer human being. I cannot emphatically state any more how nice this guy is as a person. Right? And I am sure all of his, but if really, if it was a pure motive, he would have given away every penny he made from this. And oh yeah, by the way, someone asked, uh, Rick, uh, speaking about, yes, we reviewed, we talked about Eurovision ad nauseum. We loved it. And if you haven't watched, wait, Stephanie Smith unfollow. Who's she unfollowing? She's just, that's just her way of, that's just her way of saying, I don't like this argument. I'm going to lose. So I got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't hear that. Yeah, I'm done with you. Unfollow. <laughs> like it was like the Black Mirror thing where you just mute people. All right, we're done, right? So yeah. this is what happens. We always end up talking about it and then it's over. So uh we're back. Oh, so we're not gonna be here. Our next episode will be after the next one. We just don't say tomorrow, right? Yeah, so we'll 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 have a new episode out soon. Uh we won't be going live on Wednesday of this week. Um, but it's great to talk to everybody. And yes. uh Clixy, nice to meet you. Rick, yep. thanks for hanging. Stephanie, stay unfollowed because I've got a lot of shit to say about you when you're not listening. Nancy, always great. Uh, rest of the family, good to see yep. you. And we will, you know, we will see you next see time. See you on uh, the next time. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, everybody, I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. It's <clears throat> A podcast network.